0: What's up, Thought Warriors? Welcome to Higher Learning. I am Van Lathan.
1: I am Rachel Lindsay.
0: Just let you guys know that we just did an, uh, a whole different <laughs> intro, but my mic was on the ground. Like, I was literally talking to the computer with no mic. A,
1: so- a solid two minutes.
0: A solid two minutes. We had a good full-out
1: s- intro. It's okay. Yeah, but in
0: dur- during this intro, we learned that you haven't seen The Fast and the Furious.
1: Okay, I've seen one. Maybe one and a half.
0: Okay. You've seen the movie, The Fast and the Furious.
1: I have. I've seen it. Okay.
0: So, so name four people in the movie.
1: Okay. Here we go. Uh, Paul Walker. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, Tyrese. Ludacris. No.
0: Wrong. Wrong. They're not
1: in it? Wrong. They're not, they in, not,
0: they're not in the original Fast and the Furious. Okay. Fast okay. And fine. And Vin 2. Diesel. Okay.
1: Vin Diesel. That's two. Um... um I've, you know, I've never been good with names. I can wow. see faces. Mm-hmm. I can see faces. The two women, Jord- Jordan, Jordan. Oh, there Jordan, you go.
0: There you go. Come on, Big Rach. It's Jordan and Michelle Rodriguez.
1: Oh, that's what I'm talking about.
0: That's what I'm talking about. I doubt Y'all see how he tried to play me? I doubted Big rage You know what? Hey, hey, you showed and Now, you didn't get Jordana Brewster's full name, but, but. I know that you know who she is. Thank you. So I give you. We're gonna start doing that every single no, uh, not. Friday no, podcast. No, we're not. I'm no. just gonna pick a random movie since you were obviously raised like in the basement somewhere where they didn't allow you to watch <laughs> any movies at all. You like you haven't seen anything.
1: There's truth seen in them. that. There's there's truth in that. I wasn't allowed. Remember, I told you I could only see PG movies until I turned mm-hmm. thirteen. Right. And then PG 13. And by the time I got there, I didn't even care for movies. By the time I turned 17, I thought I I you've deprived like, me I, from movies for 17 years. That's I don't so care. sad.
0: That's so sad. You were just like, I'm done with movies. It's pretty Think about much that. what
1: happened.
0: It's, I get them kids are done with sugar. But but you said I'm done with film. How can you be done? Think about all the movies you haven't seen, Big Rage. It's there, a, it's a beautiful world out there
1: for you. You don't know what you're missing. I never had it. So I don't mm. know what I'm missing. In college, mm. yeah. Like, I... I've <laughs> so I couldn't even watch shows like The Simpsons. Um,
0: no, no. Roseanne.
1: No. And I remember when I went to college, my mom bought me the DVD set of In Living Color. And I was in college like, oh, y'all see Homie the Clown? And they were like, like 15 yeah, years ago. We
0: saw it <laughs> like, when we like were 50, children.
1: Like 15 years ago.
0: Well, by the way, Shout out to all my homies in the Wayne's family. Shout out to Damien. Shout out to uh, Sean. Shout out to everybody. But they probably were right not to let you watch and live in color. If you go back now and watch old and live in color episodes, there are two things. Number one, absolutely hysterical. Maybe the most hysterical comedy that's ever been on television short of The Chappelle Show. And number two, Wild. (laughs) <laughs> I mean there were no rules. Every single group got it on in living color. Yeah. And to a point to where it's almost uncomfortable to watch now, but now, then yes. we were rolling watching that stuff, man.
1: Yes, yeah. I was trying to bring it back in college and they were like we we've, we've been experienced this right. No, we're not
0: we're going back to like, the Clown.
1: But I'm like but the Cosby's. But which- <laughs> But y'all watch yeah. the Cosby's. Right. A, my Cosby kids out there know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, Cosby was good. Uh, we bring him <laughs> up way too much on, on this podcast, by the way. We're going to need a no Bill Cosby episode here pretty soon. It's getting weird. Ah, uh, So, speaking of comedy, uh, one of the more amusing things that I saw from this past weekend, this past couple of days, was, it's actually, I said weekend, but it's the past couple of days. I'm already in weekend mode, was the sit-down between Joe Biden and Barack Obama, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but
1: you thought it was barack funny
0: It o- was humorous to me um Do
1: as, tell. Are
0: all, as are all things that are overly earnest and overproduced
1: It was overproduced <laughs> i'll give you that from what I saw i didn 't see the whole We're, thing
0: right uh first of all, it is now barack obama 's job to Normalize Vice President Biden to people like myself who are skeptical of him, yet voting for him somewhat in protest, actually, I'm not voting for anyone. I'm not voting for somebody
1: you're voting against
0: I'm voting against Donald trump that's the Makes America we sense. live in okay uh but I will do anything that I have to do to get Vice President <laughs> Biden in office <laughs> whatever but uh the sit down happened and it it covered some topics. I think it was about fifteen minutes long. They talked about coronavirus. They talked about the economy. They talked about something that I thought was a very useful conversation, which is the link between public health and the economy, which is something you don't often hear about. Yeah. I think it's under-discussed, but they actually touched on it. But the more important aim of this conversation, in my opinion, made it funny. It was funny to me... Because the obvious point of this conversation was for Joe Biden to remind people that Barack Obama really, really likes him. (laughs) And it was like, hey, you know that guy that likes you, that you like? Well, guess what? He likes me. And and when I watched it, that was the biggest takeaway from it. Joe, I'll tell you why uh, I... Really love you so much, Joe. And it was that was the entire thing. You watched it. What did you think?
1: Well, I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw clips. And so from what I saw, it seems a lot of like Barack Obama was interviewing Joe Biden, but also answering the questions. Is that how it came across? Because I watched people so start com- to finish. I it was. was more so
0: of a conversation. I don't think anyone was there were times when they both asked each other questions. You could tell that there was probably a much longer and deeper conversation that happened, and they cut it down and gave us the best moments, which is nothing, no shame in that. But yeah, it, they, they were both asking and answering questions at different times during the back and forth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I again, I didn't watch it because I really didn't see the... I understand why they did it. I agree with you. I didn't see the importance behind it. It was more of a reminder that... I was Barack Obama's vice president. Barack Obama is my friend. And you guys should vote for me because of Barack Obama. Like, that's just kind of how I took it. It it didn't have any impact on me. I wasn't anticipating watching it because I didn't. It just didn't really, it didn't do anything for me, but I understand the purpose behind it in light of who he's fighting against and what he's fighting against. I get it. And I think that Obama got a lot of criticism before all the, When there were so many Democratic people, Democrats running for, for president on the Democratic side, there was a lot of talk that Barack Obama wasn't saying anything. He wasn't supporting Joe Biden. Who is, he, who is it that he's endorsing? So I feel like now he's he did his town hall, what, like a month and a half ago, maybe two months. Now he's doing this sit down. I feel like he's being more of a presence because we hadn't seen so much of him before. And it's just a reminder that, hey, if you love Barack, he loves Joe Biden.
0: Right, so I think that the president actually made the right move, not getting in until the American people had had their say. You, you love show the show me how much wine you got there, Big Rage. Big Rage just a took lot. a swig not of that lot. wine. <laughs> Big Rage's Big Rage just took a swig of that wine. That's what I'm talking about. You live I'm your not... best life, black woman. Big Rage, I... like we're we're talking, and I, uh, are you stressed? Do we need to pause for a second and talk? Because you just you took that wine. Like, everything good? The home front is good. Everything's good? Just making sure.
1: <laughs> Everything's good. I have to remind you guys, we are at a three-hour time difference. It is mm-hmm. the end of the day to me. So it's like a lot has happened. And a lot of times, I just like to use the podcast as a chance to just relax and release. Mm. And some right. of that, sometimes it comes in a glass of wine. That's all. As you, But I just want y'all to note that he was like, but I'm drinking a bottle of water over here.
0: That's not what I, I, I got water. Remember? <laughs> I know. It's, I got to go run after this. So Again? I, yeah, I'm doing two runs.
1: Oh my god.
0: Two runs a day until I'm not fat anymore. So, uh like it, it, it I saw myself in some videos and I'm like, "Yo, fam. <laughs> I know we on quarantine, but at least 15 or 20. You you, really? you got to come down." Yeah, maybe maybe more, man. Maybe more. Maybe more. I I want to see. Don't don't judge. I want to no, see. No, I'm
1: not. My abs. I'm not.
0: I want to see. I do, I've did. i what told this earlier. I want to see my abs. Like do you Brian. do weights? Yeah, I do weights. Do weights. Okay.
1: Oh, that's right. You box and all that. You have a yeah, target? I lift. I'm just I lift. I'm just making sure you don't have like body dysmorphia or something like that. I okay. mean, we so all kind of do to a bit.
0: We're going to get, b- before <laughs> I get excoriated and bear my soul again on this podcast, which I have a nearly cry moment every single time, we're going to get back to Joe Biden and Barack Obama. What I thought was interesting about this conversation. What I thought was interesting about this conversation is that, number one, Vice President Biden, and I don't want Simone or anyone who might hear this to get mad. He actually looked sharp in this convo, which was very important. He's sitting across from, it it is, he's sitting across from one of the most articulate, uh, don't get mad at me, Barack, intelligent, most academically accomplished presidents that we've ever had. And at least in an exchange of ideas that don't hold very much intellectual complexity, he seemed that he was with it, which if we're being honest, for a lot of people out there, has been a major question when it comes to the vice president. So that was a good sign. And also, I think the point of the video was to remind people that even if Joe Biden, at his worst, was not going to be a great executive, he would restore some semblance of decency to the office because it seemed like that's what they talked about more than anything. They talked about that more than anything else.
1: Well, to go towards the point that you're making about how great he looked and also how this was to show that he's not Sleepy Joe, as his opponent calls him, who Mm was also in the media on his run talking about his cognitive skills and taking tests and constantly talking over and over and over about it. Yes, it was good to see Joe Biden in this light and to show that he he is all there and he is capable, even if it was taped, who cares? He looked great. It was a good, from what I saw, it was a great conversation. And I think that it was necessary in light of the things that the Trump administration is trying to do to discredit Joe Biden.
0: I'm assuming you like Barack Obama.
1: Yeah, I like Barack.
0: And you're, I'm assuming that you're voting... For Joe Biden.
1: Yes, I am voting for Joe Biden.
0: Is it not a little troubling that you like the president, you're voting for Joe Biden, yet there was really nothing inside of you that made you run to your screen to watch a conversation between the two men? And the reason why I say that is because I worry about when it actually comes down to the come down. If a lack of enthusiasm about Vice President Biden makes him vulnerable in November in an election that, barring some sort of massive sea change, he should win pretty easily.
1: I mean, I honestly no. It's not because I'm I'm not enthused by Joe Biden. It's more of I didn't. I honestly really didn't have time to watch. Just to mm. be a hundred percent honest, right? And two. I didn't think that I was going to hear anything different or new. I thought the purpose of it more was to affiliate him with Barack Obama. And I could see through that. So I felt I didn't need to watch it. There was nothing I was going to gain from that. And Joe Biden already has my vote at this point. So I didn't need, I'm not on the fence and need to be convinced. There may be people who that conversation was beneficial for, but for me, it wasn't. It's not because Mm. I'm like disappointed that it's going to be Joe Biden. I mean, that mm-hmm. I
0: want it to be Joe Biden. Yeah, interesting something here. I one point something out. There were people that watched this and they were like, why can't Joe Biden pick Barack Obama for president, for vice president? By the way, people, he can. He can. Let me tell you the problem with that. Let's say that Joe Biden picks Barack Obama for his vice president, right? He can totally do that. Barack Obama cannot be president again. It's unconstitutional, two terms, are out, buddy. So, If something were to happen to Vice President Biden, who is not President Biden, if something were to happen to him, the line of succession for president would go to the Speaker of the House. Now, you guys are somewhere thinking right now, hey, that's not so bad. That would be President Pelosi, which would be an interesting America. But that's not necessarily guaranteed. If the Democrats were to lose control of the House, the Speaker would change. And then uh, the House minority leader right now is Kevin McCarthy. He would then become president of the United States of America. So you don't want an administration that has their agenda moving or has all this stuff. To do. And then all of a sudden uh, the president is one heartbeat away from it exchanging that power to another party. So that would never happen. I also learned in this interview, something else I didn't know is that Barack Obama's daughter and Which Joe one? Biden's granddaughter, not sure. They didn't specify our best friends. Oh, that's cute. It's very cute. That was the biggest bombshell. I laughed through the whole thing, man. I just laughed every time (laughs) every time Obama said and the thing I love about you, Joe and this is the great thing about you, Joe, and this is the like, it it was just, it was so obvious. I'm going to do something on this podcast that I don't ever do and will never do again. I am going to say something slightly positive about (laughs) President Trump. Slightly positive. Oh, what? If there is one thing, one thing to admire about President Trump is that he is so comically, comically dense that he has no choice but to be exactly who he is all the time. And that alone is something that, that bothers me about a lot of politicians. A lot of politicians, I can see the political speak wafting off of them before what they really believe even gets near me. And the waft a lot of times stops me from even being able to connect with them and i would rather joe biden or somebody else be exactly who they are be prone to some gaffes than, than try to negotiate every single sentence
1: i'll tell you something ex- what you just praised president trump for is the reason he's in office right now that is so? what that is what people held on to
0: by the way it wasn't praise i said it's oh, see,
1: admiration because you did use I didn't it there's something that I- I- you said there's I, I, one thing I could admire him for. Excuse me, that I changed the the word. Did I say? Did I say yes. admire? I don't oh, think I oh. said admire. Jordan! I don't think I You said admire.
0: I said, no, 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 no whoa, 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 whoa. I never said I admire. I said, if there is. One, One thing, thing to admire him for. Oh, okay,
1: okay. I so, didn't
0: say that I did. I said, if there was.
1: Man, this, this is not semantics.
0: Me. You ain't gonna do admiration, it Admiration.
1: The admiration you just spoke of towards President Trump is no, the reason never. that he's in office. That is what people love. They love that he wasn't the politician, the typical politician. He was mm. who he is. He stood by it. He, and he didn't back down from it. And they wanted that no-nonsense president. And that's the reason that he is your president right now. It's a gift and a curse. I would rather... I don't know. I don't know. I, I would rather not Trump, for sure. Because sure. That, same, that same thing people loved about him is the reason that they hate him today.
0: Right. I, I would rather a president, any president, speak what's truly on their mind and on their heart but I would whether that not be vicious, vile racism, right. classism, elitism, right. xenophobia, uh, and all of that stuff. And just, just rank incompetence at all times. So I, would, I want you to speak, but I just want you to be the right man or woman, woman or man for the job. Uh, now, there's a very serious issue that is happening right now in one of America's. Man. Most interesting cities. Have you ever been to Portland before?
1: I actually haven't. Have you?
0: No. But I'll tell you why I say it's one of the most <laughs> no. interesting cities. Because I watch uh, the Food Network. And if you watch <laughs> the Food Network, Portland got it cracking as far as its food is concerned, man. Portland got great donuts. Portland's one of the best food cities in America. It's a fact. You don't know. I know. You're laughing that's at why me. I'm
1: laugh- you know laughing. what I mean? Like, you know, like you're, you're, you're laughing at me. I hate food shows. I hate food shows because it's not. It doesn't appeal to me because I can't eat the food. I don't want to watch all this good-looking food, and there's nothing I can do about it. I don't understand the appeal. I really don't. But go ahead.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a weird. That's a weird thing to say. You can see the food. And then if you're ever in Portland, you can get the food or you can see the food and then go out and get some food like it in your own town.
1: I'm about to make you upset again. I'm not a foodie. I'm not a foodie. I'm very picky. I'm a person. I'm a person who eats to survive. I'm not a person who's just like, Oh my God, I'm craving this. I eat because I'm like, yeah, I probably should eat. I've only eaten a little bit today or yeah, it's probably healthier. If I, if I add this into my meal, that that's me.
0: So you don't have like a favorite food?
1: Yeah, probably like like a wing stop or something. But not, oh, I'm not, out. right?
0: Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> to get that sponsorship. Try to right? get that sponsorship. <laughs> uh, now, um, Portland, uh, back to Portland, like a lot of reasons to love Portland, but specifically a reason to keep your eye on Portland right now is I'm sure we're not going to break the news to anyone that what's happening in Portland right now is incredibly important. But also a really defining moment, in my opinion uh, in American culture, for a lot of reasons. now, just to run it down to you guys, there have been protests that have been going on in Portland excuse, in, in Portland for a while now, and these protests have largely been peaceful and mm-hmm. largely come from a very diverse swath of the citizens of residents there everyone. You're seeing moms out there. I saw one lady out there that was protesting that was actually a county commissioner that was out really? there sort of making the... Yeah, absolutely. It's been really a beautiful thing to see the way the city has come together and really in in places, unlike other places where a lot of the protesting has sort of quieted down, Portland seems to have gotten a lot louder, okay? Wow. But since then, uh, since these movements have been happening there, there have been Uh, there's been a mobilization of basically a secret police made up of different agencies that fall under Homeland Security that, if you ask me, are wholesale violating the civil rights and the right to protest and the right to assemble of American citizens. And they're doing so without identifying themselves, without telling anyone who they are, who they report to, We don't know in complete and total anonymity, should I say, complete and total anonymity and dragging people off the streets into unmarked vans. Yo, this is wild. This is 1939 Germany style. This is authoritarian autocrat style government that was happening in a major American city. Right. where, Where it seems like the lawlessness that we are watching is completely on behalf of the governmental officials that are carrying it out. It's crazy.
1: It's, man, it's insane. It's a scene out of a movie, a movie I was probably not allowed to watch. Right. It's, okay, do you watch The Handmaid's Tale? Of course. Okay, when Handmaid's Tale came out, And everybody was talking about it. You watched it because it was entertaining and you were like, no way. Could this happen in America? It is so outrageous. But if you watch The Handmaid's Tale and as you go from season to season, and this is not spoilers, you learn that this didn't just happen. It happened over time. There were Mm -hmm. little things that happened that shocked people, but they continued to happen where it became normalized. And you just thought, Oh, okay. But it's never going to go. It's never going to be bigger than that until you're living in this type of world. There's a book that I read in quarantine called the, not the Vox. You know, black people love to put a V in front of mm-hmm. certain things. Yeah. It's just called Vox. Right. box. It's a very good book, and it is a present-day Handmaid's Tale. And it's the same type of thing. And it's about the government getting extreme, and slowly but surely, you start to see the rights of the American citizens being taken away. You need to pay attention to what is happening right now. Don't let, don't get complacent by it. Don't say that this is just one thing that's happening in a city. Don't, you need to be shocked. The shock value needs to stay there because your president is talking about implementing this into other cities.
0: He just said earlier today that he would. He's, he's planning on going to Chicago. Operation legend, I think it's called.
1: Chicago. I've heard Albuquerque and I've heard why I didn't even know anything big was happening in Albuquerque. I saw something like that and I saw and New something New York else. as well. So you need to pay attention. It's happening. And it's crazy to me that President Trump can complain about the fake news media using propaganda you know, to, to get out their message. But yet that's exactly what that administration is doing by claiming that Portland is a war zone. They're showing certain things that are misleading as to what is actually happening on the streets of Portland. The governor of Oregon does not want these officials, these these de- the, the Department of Homeland Security there. The senators don't want them there. What's happening is that there have been protests every day. We're going on 50 plus days now since George Floyd. And majority of them have been nonviolent and peaceful. And President Trump, Trump is using some isolated incidents, some that happened with anti-government people that weren't even related to the protests and using that to justify what he is doing. He is violating the rights of American citizens. You need to wake up. You need to pay attention to what's happening. You need to be bothered by it. And the reason that protests are continuing in Portland and they're going up and up again is because it is in. It is in protest to what is happening right now with these people taking them and putting them in unmarked vans, with this this military force coming against them. The protests were actually dwindling down, but now they're protesting against what's happening to them because they are being violated. I'm telling you guys, wake up. She's this absolutely right.
0: You're getting your bag, Big Rach. Like, you're, you're absolutely right. A couple of things here. Number one, the reach of the federal government is... The reach of the federal government here is particularly troubling. Normally, the right fancies themselves to be the party of limited government the, uh, and complete right. limited government and transparent, all of that stuff, right? They want to make sure that you have your liberty as Americans. The libertarians and the far-right radicals who say freedom over everything, who say, I am free, so I don't want to wear a mask. Where are you now? When Thank you. When the rights of Americans are being trampled by guys who aren't even paying attention to the basic tenets of the Constitution. Where are you now? Everybody out there, right? Everybody out there who's who uses the Second Amendment as a shield to go and buy a rocket launcher and say, I'm free to have it. It's lawful. I, I got to be able to protect myself. Why haven't I seen these same militia groups on the street when the government is actually doing what they feared that the government would do, which is impose its will on the American public. I don't see any of that. It's weird. It's almost as if it's all bullshit. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, that, and then there are other questions. There are questions about how the president is actually using this. One of the most important things that you just said is that the notion that Portland is on fire is a lie. Portland is actually not on fire. Not even close. No, do you know how I know Portland's not on fire? I did another podcast earlier this week. That podcast is called Way oh. Down in the Hole. It's a rewatch. Oh, not earlier this week, earlier today. Way Down in the Hole. It's a rewatch of The Wire. It's a great podcast here on The Ringer. It's me and Jamel Hill. Watch every Tuesday and Thursday. Listen, subscribe. Way Down in the Hole. That's here on The Ringer and Spotify podcast. Now, I do, a di- <laughs> I, I do a different podcast. Someone had to sit in today on that podcast. Our regular producer was out. Uh, the guy that sat in today is a guy named Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. Dylan is in Portland right now. It's a producer. Yeah. And I, I, I asked him, I was like, yo, man, you know, how are you? you okay? Things going well? You know, how are things there? He goes, oh, actually, I'm totally fine. He's like, that's actually all happening in one concentrated area. He's like, I never go down there. I never see it. Everything here is completely and totally normal. That is not for me to diminish the importance of the, of the of the uprisings and the protests that are happening in Portland. What I'm saying is that there's a false narrative that is being used to give the president the impetus or the excuse is a better word that he needs to go into American cities, stomp his boot on them, and then use it to horse trade for political leverage and gain come Mm. November. He Mm. wants to be the the law and order guy and we are going to suffer for that. There's nothing in Portland that could not have already been figured out if the officials there and the public safety officials there were committed to de-escalating and actually empowering the people that are there. So you guys have to watch this totally because. I don't, I don't want to go too far with it. But guys, this is the way societies end. I promise you. And if you don't listen to anything else that we talk about, that mm-hmm. I talk about on higher learning. So Big Rage has her own opinions. It's not a we. It's, it's a we, but it's also individual. Listen to this. You, it can end. It can. It, it could end. I, I, I hear you. America, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, could be in the middle of a civil war that is both bloody, completely economically disastrous, and threatens the very future of the country. Everything you know could be over. And it's a very important—and it, it's not like it would be the first time it it it's happened in history— it wouldn't be the first time it's happened this year to a diff- to a country. This happens mm-hmm. all the time. Anyone who thinks it can't happen to us, you're crazy. Right. Decide what kind of country you want to live in, yeah. and who needs to be held accountable for you to live there. But this is really wild and very very troubling.
1: Yeah. No, you really you have to pay attention to what's going on. When I was listening, you talk about. Um, declaring war and using it for political gain it just reminds me of you know around 1982 about the drug the war on drugs you know it just reminds me about all of that that's another topic but you need to pay attention to who it is that's going into these or portland right now and putting people in unmarked cars it's the department of homeland security do you know what they do they fight foreign enemies right now they are turning and fighting american citizens well, the, you- the, the,
0: the Department of Homeland Security will protect the homeland, even from a domestic threat as well.
1: OK, but OK, fine. From a yes. domestic threat. But this isn't a domestic threat.
0: No, if you not. were
1: coming to assist and help with with crime that's happening, but not to fight against peaceful protesters and to make it seem like something violent is happening that is nonviolent, you know, attacking mm-hmm. Mothers who are supporting protesters, attacking right. people just standing there. You've got to pay attention to what's going on. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say on that.
0: I put you like this. Okay, so I just want to make sure you guys know what the other side is saying. So uh, the Department of Homeland Security uh, is saying that what they're doing is lawful. And I'll tell you how they're saying that it's lawful. All right, so uh, US Code 1315 says that the Department of Homeland Security can deputize and assist agents in protecting federal property. What that means is that anytime they think federal property, if it's the federal building over here on Wilshire, if it's in danger, they can deputize anybody and send them out there. The question then becomes, where does taking somebody off the street and putting them in an unmarked car correlate or relate to protecting federal property? They then come back with this. They say that agents are allowed To conduct investigations that are intertwined in the exercise of protecting federal property. That is what they are saying. I'm letting you know that that is what they're gonna stand on. And I'm telling you that that is complete and utter bullshit. Total bullshit. The Department of Homeland Security does not have the right to come into an American city, take a protester without identifying themselves and put them into an unmarked car and detain them. Right. That is, to me, in clear... I'm not a law scholar. That is, to me, in clear breach of one's civil rights. And guys, if this is where we're going, if this is what we're going to be dealing with, then we really need to reassess in a very short amount of time How much we're willing to accept as the American electorate, as American citizens. Mm -hmm. I mean, quickly, because this is full on. This is the scary shit. And to know that it's going to spread now and to know that it's part of an election strategy by the president. That's what I
1: was going to say. Exactly. It's a performance. It all plays into his law and order. This is what he's doing. This isn't because of something he believes is a true domestic threat or a problem that's happening. It is all to play into a performance of I am fighting law and order and Joe Biden isn't. That is that is pretty much everything that he's saying. And you have to pay attention to that. That's why he continues to lie in the media. That is why he's continuing, not continuing, he was corrected very recently by Chris Wallace about saying that Joe Biden doesn't believe in that. That's actually not true. And that's why you need to pay attention and research these things for yourself. Do not take everything that people are telling you as face value. This mm-hmm. is a performance. That's all, it, it's a performance.
0: Right, there you go. Uh, now, um, let's talk about something. Like, look, you guys, we are going to check back with what's going on in Portland and what's going on in Chicago, every single podcast. Yeah, And we are going to make it a point here on Higher Learning to talk to people on the ground in all of these cities so that they can then tell you, with nothing in between them, what the realities on the ground are. That's how important I I believe to to be this. Listen, we're going to have big-time guests on the show, people who you guys love, shows that you love to watch, singers that you love to hear, All of that is coming, but what we are going to make sure that we do here on this podcast is have you guys educated to the realities that are going on in these different American cities where really the fabric and the foundation of what it means to be a free American is being tested every second of every day, okay? So we're going to make sure that, that we do that and that we keep you guys tethered and connected to that. Now time for a little bullshit. Uh, I was involved in something. Uh, (laughs) I was... Okay, listen. Uh, I wasn't directly involved.
1: Oh, yes, you were.
0: I I don't think I was directly involved.
1: Okay, well, go ahead. Tell your story. Directly involved. Tell your story.
0: Shout out to SteeLo Brim. uh, Sterling, my man. Ridiculousness. Sterling's hilarious guy. Has a great podcast called The Wine and Weed Podcast that I was on this past Saturday. In which I part I partook in both wine and weed. It was a very very fun time. Is
1: that like a requirement to be on the you show? Have, you you didn't do have one to. or By the way. other. Okay.
0: No, it, it, it's wine and but you didn't you don't have to. But you know what? I also felt played because when I was doing the podcast, they were starting to you know break the weed down and hand it to everybody and stuff like that, and they didn't pass me any weed, and I was like,
1: feelings got hurt.
0: <laughs> yeah it's like all of a sudden it's eighth grade again. Van can't come. Chubby boy can't play. I'm like, uh, I'm like, why, why didn't you pass me? Oh, come on, Van. You, you woke and you know, you upstanding and all of that. You don't want to do it. I'm like, man, just give me the weed and let me prove myself.
1: <laughs> That's how I feel every time we podcast. Oh, shut up.
0: <laughs> um, but Sterling Stilo was a uh, shout out to ridiculousness. Was, uh, is the host of this podcast, and his guest host on this particular podcast was Drea Michelle. Now, if you guys do not know who Drea Michelle is, she is a model, actress, swimwear designer, and formerly on the cast of Basketball Wives Los Angeles. Drea has over like 8 million followers on the old Instagram. She is known for, in the past, making saucy comments
1: during She's
0: this known for a lot of things. I during do, during this interview the conversation turned to Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanes, a story that we have covered here on higher learning. Andrea said this.
1: I predict that they had some sort of Bobby and Whitney love that, you know, drove them down this snapped-esque mm. type of road. And mm. I'm here for it. I like that. I want you to like me so much, you shoot me in the foot, too. Like, But as long What get, the wall?
0: Wait, what? no, no that's, I, 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 that is very Dre-like. Drop a grenade.
1: What the- you want you what? I want you to like me so much that if I'm trying to get out the car and you're like, <laughs> no, sit your fucking ass Cheery in the peeps. car, and Cheery I'm like, peeps. no, nigga. I'm fucking getting out the car. No, you're not. He shoots you in the Wow. Yeah. You're going to hey, fucking shoot that and nigga. This, no, I'm not going in nowhere. In
0: this moment, Drea just went viral. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> now notice, first of all, fucking yikes. But notice, <laughs> as soon as she said it, I jumped in. Let her know. I don't know if, if you guys watched the whole clip. Told her she was going to go viral. Tried to walk her out of it.
1: What did you to- say? Because I didn't see the whole clip. I, I saw oh, okay. you I saw you have a big reaction, so I knew you were like, whoa, what right. the fuck did you just say? So, but I need to know a, the rest.
0: There's an entire two-minute clip, and the entire two-minute clip, uh, you know, Drea says what she says, um, and I feel like she's just joking or whatever. And then I say, no, you don't really mean that. And she goes, uh no, I mean, that's kind of what I'm into. I'm like, come on now. You but you're and basically that's where I was at. I was like, you don't want to you wouldn't want to see anyone do violence against you. What I was trying to get her to say, or not even get her to say, let's make sure it was articulated is. Sometimes there's a certain energy that women like to be around. Like there was a versus bell last night with DMX. And I remember everybody was on DMX when he first came out because there's Loved an it. energy around, right? An energy that DMX has.
1: Love it. Love I, I, it. You couldn't tell me that. I wasn't a rough rider.
0: Right, right. <laughs> but you don't want DMX to actually shoot you, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to ever feel like he's going to actually shoot you. I was trying to get Drea, who, by the way, can speak for herself, those are her thoughts, to say that, but she didn't. And they kicked her motherfucking ass on Twitter. And not they just they, but Meg the Stallion, who was actually friends with Drea, tweeted about it, called Drea a dumb bitch, and said that Drea was laughing at her getting shot. You... Are the woman of the house here on higher learning. I defer to your all-encompassing knowledge and wisdom.
1: So I first met Drea on Basketball Wives. Love the show. Okay? I'm a reality TV junkie. Right. So I would expect nothing less from Drea than to make that type of comment. I don't have any standards, really, when it comes to Drea. So that, 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 I mean, I'm I'm just... I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. And I feel like I can be that way based on how she responded to that situation. Okay. Nobody else made a comment like that. When I heard it, it wasn't funny. It wasn't clever. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't cute. I don't know what, try- what she was trying to do, but it didn't work. And the problem, what I got so upset in hearing her make that type of comment, I was like, she is such a silly rabbit. That she thought, I she, she was, she was, she is. I'm sorry. She thought that that was a cute statement. And it was, it was problematic in so many ways. We're in a culture right now where we're talking about getting respect for black women. Well, why yeah. haven't black women gotten respect for so many years? Partly is that black, some black women allow black men to treat them a certain way. Drea's comment wow. falls, mm. Drea's comment falls right into that. I want a dude to love me so hard. He wants to shoot me in the foot twice. I want that Bobby and Whitney type of love. Do you remember what happened with Bobby and Whitney? That's who you're going to compare the type of love that you want to? Maybe that's why you were single right now. That is not a goal. That is not something we should be striving for. And the fact that you made light of a very violent situation, which was an attack. I know we don't know the full details, but from what we know so far was an attack against a black woman. I don't know who, how, what happened. And the fact that you tried to make that into seem like it was something sexy when there are people that follow you, who look up to you, who see you as a businesswoman, an actress, a model and those things. And that's the kind of comment that you were going to make is so reckless. That's why I call her a silly rabbit. I just, I, I know she has known to make off the cuff comments like that before, but I really think that she thought it was a sexy statement. Like she wants this 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 somebody to love her so hard, he wants to be violent against her, but I just really need her to understand the depth of how problematic that is. We don't need to be an advocate for violence, especially violence against against women. It's just so wrong on so many levels. And the fact that she couldn't read the room and know not to say that type of thing, she deserves to be dragged in every single way that she can because it's not like she said it and tried to retract. She doubled down on it. No, like this is what... No, 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 like, that's what I really mean. That's the type of love that I really want. I want him to love me so hard, he almost kills me. Just sit back and think about that for a second. What the fuck does that even mean?
0: That's okay. your friend. Okay, first of all, for, 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 well, damn, right? First of all, <laughs>
1: I, first I just, of all. I, I just hate when women do stuff like that. Well, well, well okay, was, okay,
0: first of all, so I want to speak to that real quick. I want to speak to that real quick. I'm going to say, I'm going to take responsibility for something. This is what I'm taking to take responsibility for. Number one, as a man, I'm going to push back on something that you said earlier. As far as black women are concerned, black women don't bear any of the responsibility of the brunt of of the way black men treat them. Right. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure we get that out there. Because as I got to hold my brothers accountable to treat sisters better. Right. And it and, and and and. I can't blame a woman or anybody in any relationship for the way that they are being That's treated. That's not
1: what I'm saying.
0: I I, I know, I just want to make sure that we're, we're clear. I know you're not saying, I'm
1: just, I'm just
0: want to make I'm sure I'm not that,
1: excusing black men. No, yes, right, go ahead and right. say I'm, it. I'm not or any man, them.
0: any man who would, miss, who would mistreat yeah. women, right? So it's yeah. going to be, so if any woman, if anybody thinks a certain way about black women, it, it, the, the opinion of black women in America comes back to the way that they, it, it's far-reaching- and very historic in the way that they've been commodified, overlooked and 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 really pounded on in america I'm gonna ask you a question for the man sitting in that room, right so understanding she says that, and she's saying that about herself, right is like I haven't taken any heed for it. And I don't think that I should have no, taken anything. No, and divorce. you shouldn't. But, no, but, no you I, shouldn't. I know, but what I'm asking you is, as the man in the room, because if there are other women in the room, that's one thing. As the man in the room, is it appropriate for me to tell Drea that she's wrong about the way she feels about something? I'm I'm asking this sincerely because what I'm saying is, she says she likes something that's toxic and really unhealthy. She didn't recommend it for all women. She didn't say that love is better like that she didn't say that things are better like this. She says that's what she likes, right? I like that type of shit. I'm here for that type of shit. Being being a woman in that room, you can, but being a man in that room, honest question, how do you attack that? Trying right. to make sure that we don't propagate like ideas that violence against women is cool.
1: I think the same way that you're saying she was saying that's what she wants, that's what she wants. I think the pushback should have been like, okay, you're saying that, but they're gonna be women that are listening to this podcast. You know, what would you say? That statement, how can that be, that can be taken a certain way where it's representative as to what women want? Don't you think that that statement is a little problematic? Advocating for that type of love. You want a man to disrespect you. You want a man to not value your life where he puts your life in harm because he loves you that hard. That's not what love is. That's disrespectful. You don't value me. You want to pull the trigger and pop me twice and, and, and not know what happens. Like that's the, it, that's not love. That's not right. a period. I don't even believe her when she says it. I think that's even more so what's troubling. You don't mean that. You don't really want a man to shoot you twice to show he loves you. You were trying to be funny. And I think that is why you saw the extreme reaction as well. Nobody believes that Drea wants a man to shoot her. She thought I said it was funny. I said
0: that on the podcast. I'm like... You don't really think that she doesn't. I'm like you don't. Wa-. I was like you don't really want to see violence against a black woman. You don't want to see violence against a lady. You don't want to be with somebody that you think could shoot you. You don't really want. I said you're just doing the whole playing the character thing. And but I mean, what she character.
1: Was- okay, but what? Okay, what character is she playing? I don't know. a, I, I, a I, silly I, rabbit. Like that's It's just who has that type of conversation. I, I just. I just. I. I. I that's she got the reaction. I don't know if she wanted the attention. I don't know if she really thought she was going to get the reaction that she did, but she deserved it. And people will be comment on it. They'll go off on it. They'll move on, and she'll be fine. She'll post a fire picture on Instagram. She'll get a bunch of likes and comments, and everything will be normal again <laughs> until she makes another dumbass comment.
0: You shading the shit out of Dre right now. Listen, I, I got to be honest with you. So.
1: And I'm not normally down for putting down women. Let me just say this. I am not a person who's like, let me just, oh, this woman made a mistake. Let me put her down. But you did not represent for women in the comment that you made. So I feel like I need to address that. And I have to come at you for saying that the way that you did. I'm sorry. Okay,
0: so let me ask you this. I spoke to her yesterday, right? I spoke to her yesterday. I checked in uh, just because, right? Um, How far does it go? Because she has a brand line with Savage X Fenty. I don't know if you call it a brand line, an endorsement deal. She's a brand ambassador with Savage Fenty. Give it to me. (laughs)
1: See?
0: See what I'm saying? That's what I be talking about. No, but see what I'm saying? Nah, you meant that shit. Like, see? I'm telling y'all, man, it's something that be going on. It's something that goes on. People get in trouble. Like, I, you can't tell me that when Nick got in trouble that it wasn't people that was polishing up their resumes and calling their it, agents like, yo, see if they want somebody to come host and Out. That happens. I'm telling you. See? That's why you was on it because you want to be I'm down gonna with Savage i post a fin- fire
1: picture tomorrow <laughs> on my Instagram.
0: <laughs> it's such a cruel world, man. No, but it's no, really. Cruel.
1: What were you saying, though? How far what, did what, it go? I was, no, what, I'm saying, what I'm
0: saying is that there were a bunch of people who tagged the brand and then tagged the video and then To the point that Savage Fenty, which is of course Rihanna's uh, Rihanna's brand, shout out to Rihanna, replied and said, "We're aware of this situation," as if intimating that they might make a move.
1: What's a moral issue? That's everybody's clause. It's moral turpitude.
0: And and obviously, when you consider who Rihanna is and some of the things that she's been through,
1: thank you.
0: Right. So, but I'm asking you: Is this? Is that, in your opinion? Is that too far? Dre apologized on both oh, did she? her Twitter. She did. She apologized on Twitter and on the gram yesterday. And when I oh, spoke to it. her, when I spoke to her, she seemed very blindsided by the entire thing. I am making absolutely zero excuses for her. She no, said what she said. Okay. But the but the, the question is, and the question we should all be asking ourselves and we, God damn it, everybody is fucking up. Like, you don't Where's see
1: the, the apology?
0: apology. Where's the apology? It was Where's posted. Apo- oh, look on, th- on her
1: story that'll disappear in 24 hours. A 24 hour apology?
0: Did you look ag- at did, did I you I see look it. On- but I'm, Everybody I'm, apologizes on stories. Oh, look, I'm, I'm
1: not so against so ag- like it. Ag- I'm a, a person, like, it's a 24 hour apology because it'll disappear and go into the ether. And nobody knew that. If you hadn't told me that, I would have looked and been like, oh, she didn't even apologize. Right. You, you get what I'm saying.
0: I do, I do, and also so, by the way, I understand why everybody was upset, and I said it in the moment. I said, "You're going you did. viral." You had an extreme reaction. I said, "I said you're." I, I I knew that people were going to react to that in a way. Now, the entire podcast was legitimately one of the most fun podcasts I've ever been a part of. It was very funny. We we really touched on a lot of important things, uh, but it's just like that got. I knew that it would trend. But at one point, she was at like 80,000 tweets. Like it was really, really going up. Also, Things because
1: to- Megan responded.
0: Megan so did it brought, respond. It, it
1: brought even more attention to it. So, to answer your question about is it going too far? I am not a proponent of cancel culture. I will, right. I will, I genuinely believe that pe- all people make mistakes. You hold them accountable for what we do. And there are some certain repercussions that you have as a result of the mistake that you made. And, and, And rightfully so. But do I think that we should absolutely cancel her? No. However, she has had problematic behavior before. So it's like, maybe not to this level, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if in a few months we hear something else. I also am not a fan of people who double down on a statement they make. And then as soon as they realize, Oh, wait, the public didn't like it. Now it's time to apologize. I'm not a fan of that because I don't really believe your apology because you gave her the chance to retract it and she doubled down. But if the result out of all of this is that she does lose her contract with Savage, F- Savage Fenty because of the comments that she made and because it is in complete contrast to what Rihanna stands for, then I understand it. And it's a result, but I don't, I won't I wouldn't tell people to cancel her and, and cancel her on all fronts, but she should be held accountable for what it is that she did.
0: Hmm.
1: It was stupid. It was stupid.
0: It was very, very swift.
1: So is very, she going to be on the podcast next week.
0: <laughs> who, uh, the wine and we
1: podcast. Oh, she can be on she- our podcast next
0: week. <laughs> Drea can pull up whenever she wants. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it'll, you, I, it, look, it, we have to have, we have to have here on higher learning, we have to be in unison about wanting the guests to come on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that time you tried to get Heather B to come on. And I was like, I don't think that she should come yeah, on the podcast.
1: Stop.
0: <laughs> so it was like, we don't have a whole windmill section on the podcast, but you, it, 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 she could come on. Would you, would you, Would you want to talk to Dreya face to face about some of the things that you just said? Do you feel like it's that big of a deal?
1: I would totally say anything that I say here, I would say face to face.
0: You talking that shit. I love it. I I would say face to
1: face to her. But I think that she would have to accept it in light of the comments that she made. Right. Like she could have a chance. She could defend herself. She could mm-hmm. say what she was really thinking when you questioned her and she doubled down on it. She could talk about all of that, but I stand by everything that I just yeah. said because I just, she's not the only person who acts like that. I've seen people do it and I just hate it. Again, I'm not excusing men who treat women a certain way, but let's also not give them a reason to.
0: Ah, see, I don't like that. Like, we don't need a reason. You Men don't need like, a reason,
1: but do you understand like, what I'm like, saying? It's like, it's like, it's yeah. like, it's like it, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of something else to compare it to. But right. don't say that that's what you want from a man. And then if right. a man does it, that's what you requested. Don't do that. Right. That's problematic behavior because you don't want them to take that to the next person. I'm not. That would be their fault if they did. But I'm just saying, don't give right. them a reason. And that reason hmm. being, you're allowing it.
0: Okay. Last night was the versus battle between DMX and Snoop. You didn't watch it. The Rachel didn't watch the versus working.
1: battle. I was working. I was working.
0: Rachel didn't watch the versus battle. Okay. So since Rachel didn't watch the versus battle, but
1: please tell me about it. Cause I love DMX. Now, I'm so- no,
0: it's like, I got to be honest with you. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't watch it. Uh, what have you been doing? You've been doing working. a lot of stuff. Working. I started so you're not filming
1: gonna... again. I filmed three times a week. So I was working late last night. And again, there's a gotta, time difference. I know,
0: I know, but like, we got to be on top of shit, Rach.
1: I am on top of it, but I'm, cause didn't the versus battle started like six?
0: Something like that, six or seven or something.
1: And I was like, what happened? It was started late. I was working until almost nine o'clock at night. I was pissed. I wanted to see it.
0: I'm a man of two worlds. You want to know? You want to know how? How? I'm a man of two worlds. I watched the versus battle. While I was on the driving range, I so can't I'm a man. Of, it. I'm, I'm a man of two worlds. I literally was at the driving range, hitting some golf balls, trying to be an elitist upper class, trying to do what the cultural elites, the coastal elites, do. You know what I mean? We make deals on a on a golf course while watching the versus battle. You know what I mean? Multitasking. I'm mean, gonna ask you this. Cool, you didn't see it. That's almost better. Versus battle: DMX versus Snoop Dogg. They're so who different. do you who do you think
1: won? I would say Snoop, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'd be more excited for DMX because we see mm-hmm. Snoop all the time. And he's also become commercialized in a way with the whole Martha Stewart thing, and he's he's yeah. very available. But DMX is not, so I'm already down for DMX. If he would get my vote without even seeing it. Because I haven't seen you in forever, so I'm just like craving some okay. DMX energy. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So I will put it to you like this: Anytime you have a versus battle with these two monumental greats, it's the culture that wins, mm-hmm. and that is very true. But if we're talking about track for track in the actual competition, who won? Snoop fucking washed X. Of course. And, any, and like, and anybody, anybody who says any differently. Is from Yonkers. Like <laughs> Snoop washed X. He really did. He really did. And by the way, the thing that I love about the versus battles more than anything is that it made me reappreciate just how fucking amazing Snoop is. But I want to ask you a question surrounded by the versus battle. In watching and listening to the verses battle last night, I feel like some of the ladies were in a weird position. Why? Because.
1: What would he play?
0: We, we are in, oh. he played it all. He played it all. But we are in an elevated time where we are transformed and looking back at the transgressions of old as having oh. contributed to a culture of patriarchy and misogyny. And these songs were fucking rough. I haven't listened to bitches ain't shit in a long time, <laughs> but man, oh man. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or, or bitches ain't shit or ain't no fun. More to the point, ain't no fun I if know. the homies can't have them. Right. Like, uh, and I, guess- I was wild. I was on Twitter this- and there were girls on there like, "Yo, this misogynistic shit is fucking fire." Um, actually, because it's almost Mads like Preston you
1: separated. Who said that?
0: Breaking on Miss Preston said that, and like she was like she was being funny, but she was also being very vulnerable and real. When yeah. she was like, "Yo, I am such a hypocrite," because those songs slap so much. But that's a part of the culture that created some of the problems. So, like, what do you do?
1: You know what? Because I guess when I hear those songs, which I get it. I get the, what you're torn with and what you're wrestling with in your head. I always separated it, right? I always thought it's just a song. You just wrote those lyrics. You don't really mean that. I think that's, I think that's what you do to enjoy the song. You don't really, you don't really do that. Rachel,
0: I got bad, I got bad news for you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that to me. I got you, bad news <laughs> for
0: you, Rachel. They they meant that shit.
1: I know I mean, they look, did, but I think they, that's what you try to do uh, in your head because it does. jail. I love both those songs. I'm sorry, I do. So I get how you're torn between the two of them.
0: And that's just a wild thing. It's like, like even X ooh. X on, on. It's dark and hell is hot. There's a lyric on there there's a lyric on there that is the wildest thing, is one of the wildest things I've ever heard a rapper say. I'm not even going to bring it up because I don't want to start anything uh, for X, but it's like one of the wildest things I've ever heard a rapper say. Ever. Ever. Ever on It's Dark and Hell is Hot. On that, And we go back and I understand it. We're put in the context of 1997 or 98 when it came out and the character that X was playing and just the whole culture, but... Listening to the songs now, it's not that I don't love them. I ran to the playlist this morning. I'm going to run to the playlist. I'm going to finish the playlist when I run tonight. Love them. Love both of those guys. But man, man, I want, it was a, it was a really interesting cultural experience because you see so many people deriding misogyny and deriding the patriarchy, but some patriarchy and misogyny over one of Dr. Dre beats, and it seemed like it's a little different. It's just weird.
1: It is weird. It's I don't know how you separate it. I mean, I remember in the DMX uh, uh, Cisco song, What They Really Want, I wanted my name to be in it. And that Damn. song did even... Yeah, I mean like you want it to feel cool. About three Rachels, okay. (laughs) (laughs) By
0: the way, the name of that song, what she said what they really want, Cosby Kid Alert. The name of that song I was
1: trying to edit it for the (laughs) The name of this
0: that song is What These Bitches Want from a Nigga. That's I know the name what it is. Of and by the way, that's an amazing song. I
1: know. I know. That's an, um, <laughs> mm, the, uh,
0: yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, Cisco was in this bag too, man. Shout out Cisco. Shout out Dragon. to Cisco for real. All of Drew Hill. Like, shout out to shout out to Drew Hill. But it's so you don't ever feel like that there's a point to where we should turn our back on the music.
1: I have to like really pause about that. Okay. The first thing I thought about when you said that is we're in a point in where we're tearing down other things in history because they were problematic and they represent something that was very detrimental to a group of people. So how do you say, how do you differentiate that from the music? If it hurts a certain group of people as well, we're all hypocrites.
0: Know. Well, we are. I mean, I, I can't. I'm not even going to pretend like. No, I'm. I, there's no other I, word. I, I, I could. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm going to one day. Uh, it's just so it's because you a feel really detached
1: incredible- from it, man. I do. Also- I feel detached. I'm listening to it, but it's just something I'm listening to. I'm not adopting this mentality. People, people know this is just a song. I, I I know I make all the excuses in the world. It's wrong.
0: It, but I gotta be real with you though. And it, I want to believe that about myself. I really do. But the reality is that I know it's not true. I know it, it influenced me. I, it's something I had to unlearn it. I did. I had to unlearn it. Yo, in 1997, 1998, P, and J. And all of those guys, they looked like the coolest guys in the world. They did. When they were pouring champagne on models in Hey Poppy, Dame and Jay, it's not like I wanted to... It's not like I looked at it and I admired it. Part of my thing was I wanted to get to a place where I could, too, do that. Mm -hmm. And this is why certain artists, who I'm not going to mention anymore meant so much to me is because when those guys came out and they started rapping and really making rap, they were making rap for the guy who I knew I could be. See, I knew that I could never be the dope dealer or the dude that all the girls wanted to have sex with on a private jet spraying champagne on people. I aspired to it, but I knew that that wasn't really going to happen. But then Mm -hmm. that other guy, I felt like him. So going back and looking at the way the music influenced me is sure I listened to the music for entertainment. Sure I listened to it but I took cultural cues from hip hop. Yeah. I really did. I took cultural cues from hip hop. Hip hop taught me how to dress. Hip hop taught me how people in New York sure. were dressing. How people in Cali were dressing. How people in Miami were dressing. So if I was going on a trip to Daytona Beach or to Miami <laughs> I, I, I would dress like Trick Daddy and them and that's crazy. <laughs> no. I would. I would. I had the polos. You ain't got no polos in me, girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I...
1: Well, so I, I wasn't know. dressing like Trina, though. So do not I was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that that's... I, it's funny because I, I listened to the songs and I never was like... I, I don't know. Maybe it's different for women. I never... Maybe I wanted to be in a music video because I thought that was cool. So maybe mm-hmm. that did... Maybe it did have some influence on me. I always wanted to be in a music video. Really? I did. Not, not dancing, right. not dancing, but like the girl riding in the car, the girl they were trying to trying to get, you know what I mean? Right, so right. maybe it did have an influence on me in that regard, but I never was like, man, I want a man to treat me like that you i know, never what, i I never felt that
0: you know what we're going to do, Rach? we're gonna we're gonna start something right here right now what you in the short time we've been doing this together, you have really become like a sister to me, you have yeah, and I don't want you to continue to live your life. And not have something that obviously means so much to you. So, we're going to start a movement right now to get Big Rache in a music video. We want we, we want Big Rache to be the vixen, the tasteful vixen. The hashtag, tasteful
1: vixen, yes. Hashtag, in the
0: car. hashtag tasteful vixen.
1: But I want an A-list. So what you mean
0: A-list? A-list? You want an A-list I-list. rapper? I don't
1: want just anybody being like, oh yeah, you could be in my video. No, no,
0: no, no. Okay, so <laughs> let's like when you say A-list, what's the what's what's the A- list? It doesn't have rap to be rap. Right rap it could be R and B. No. No. Okay, no it's gotta be rap? Anymore. Okay. It's gotta be rap. Like, oh, you could do an August Alsina video. I mean, that would have, you I'm could a maybe pass. Be, no, no, August Alsina. Who what's the A list? So like I'm gonna throw out some rappers. You tell me whether or not they're A list, okay?
1: Okay. Rick Ross. A.
0: A list. Okay. Uh Big Sean. A. Big Sean is A list. Um Bawa.
1: How far of the letters are we going down?
0: <laughs> that was for nothing. That you, you took a shot at Shad for nothing, right there. So, oh, but
1: I love Bow Wow back in the day. You, you, you took a shot passed. at
0: you took a shot at Shad, You his said time, it.
1: You said you took, it, and you know why?
0: You t- his time has passed. That nigga is thirty two. Like you, you, you. you
1: t- but I liked you, you, him as when he was a kid. You know, we right. grew up together. We right. grew up in the game together. Okay, yeah. so
0: yeah, t- hashtag Tasteful Vixen. Yeah. All other thought warriors, we have a job to do, okay? And we got plenty of time because they're not going to really start these productions for a while. But I
1: could be in a woman's video too. You know what I mean? It could, we could have a whole bachelorette oh, theme. We could have a whole theme.
0: No, now you're going too far. <laughs> you no, know, we're going to do it regularly. Like, Regular, think
1: about Lizzo. Lizzo could be the bachelorette.
0: Lizzo could be the bachelorette. Okay, And I, I see. could be
1: giving her, you know what I mean? So like much we could smarter a, than me. Yeah, we could be. We got this whole thing going. Y'all, mm. make, the, make it go viral.
0: Hashtag Eat. tasteful vixen. We're going to get Rachel Lindsay in one of these videos. Now, before we get to Unexpected Ally of the Week, I want to oh. ask you, did you watch any NBA basketball?
1: I did not. I feel like I didn't turn on TV this week. (laughs) I don't want to watch a scrimmage, Van. (laughs) Did you watch? I'm sorry. I will. When the season starts, we can talk. I don't want to see a scrimmage.
0: This is what we're going to
1: do. Bowl bowls gone viral. I don't want to see it. (laughs)
0: This is what we're going to do. Rach, throw a topic out there.
1: Something that you want.
0: (laughs) Something that you got a chance to watch this week. Just throw a, throw a topic out there, Rach. I Whatever legit shit.
1: You... not I really think I didn't watch TV this week unless it was Morning Joe or The View.
0: Right. Morning Joe or The View. Well, how the, just real quick. We'll do this. How are things on The View? Is Megan angry?
1: Megan was good. Today, what from you? what I saw, Megan, Ooh, Megan was really good.
0: Megan was good. Ah. ah I did that on purpose. Thank, Thank you. The, yeah, you did.
1: Tell um, me about basketball, though. Tell me about the scrimmage. Tell me about that well, AAU tournament.
0: Okay, so it, it looked like an AAU tournament, and it <laughs> did. First That's of all, I will, say this, I will say this. Kudos to the NBA for being able to have some semblance of production value. It looked sort of cool. It didn't look like a full arena, but they, they used a black backdrop. And there was an aesthetic to it. Part of what I was worried about was, like, we have things in our mind, right? And everybody knows it. You know what I'm saying? everybody, Your mind knows. Your body knows. So when you're at a Laker-Clipper game, right, it's the same arena with NBA talent on the on the court. Mm-hmm. When you walk in, you automatically feel a difference. Obviously because they drop the lights in the Staples Center when the Lakers are playing, but, like, your mind knows. So I was afraid that I would look at the game on TV and my mind would be like, that's not real basketball. That's not real NBA basketball. That's not the feel. That's not the rhythm. That's not that. But it wasn't like that. It really felt like we're going to get a decent end to our season. It's been March since they've played, it seems like, fucking four years ago.
1: Well, they had the shortened quarters and everything. How how did that go? Didn't they play 10? Like, didn't they move it to 10 minutes? Or did I make it's that ex,
0: it's ex, No, it's No, it, I don't remember, to be honest okay. with you. But it's expedition. But it,
1: it looked fine. Everything was fine. Paul George was in his bag. I watched
0: a lot of different stuff. Uh, it, it looked to me, it looked like real basketball. Bow Bowl looked great. Denver started this gigantic lineup. And now I'm losing. That was a steal. That
1: was a steal. The fact that they picked him up so late in the second round. I'm just saying. I mean, I make a joke about Bobo, but really, truly, that was a steal for the Nuggets. Don't try to
0: don't try to come in here and act like you know what's going can on I, now. Can I?
1: Oh, see you. Talk, you know, I know so, that tidbit.
0: So, talking about yeah. Now you you didn't even watch the shit, and now you're like, oh, Bo has Bol Bol has incredible wingspan and a and a high motor. Like you sound <laughs> like fucking Dick Vitale now. Definitely didn't
1: say that. <laughs> What I will say that I saw in, re- in uh, relation to basketball news, which is relevant for this podcast, is Tracy McGrady and Jermaine O'Neal are starting a sports agency. I think mm. that's a beautiful thing. I think people feel very empowered with what's going on and are filling in voids where there needs to be they need to be filled. So, congratulations mm. to them. Tracy McGrady said he's not going to be an agent, but he will be. You know, he founded it. He will be a driving force in it, and I love that. I love that they're going to start that.
0: Yeah, I think give it, that's given very...
1: opportunity. I want it to be a sports agent. When I came out of law school and I feel like this was something that I could have been a part of. So I just, you know, shout out to all the other people who are wanting to be sports agents. And there's this black I mean, I sports, I, sports I, agency I think out there.
0: One of the biggest things that is sort of taking hold right now, but not being talked about enough, is the amount of powerful and semi-powerful black sports agents that are popping up everywhere, you know? Um, even in the NFL with, you know, people like Nicole Lynn and people like that, it is... Remember, think of the athlete, the black athlete, as an economic machine. hmm Normally, in generations past, the only people that really benefit from that economic machine is that black athlete and then their surrounding friend and family network, right? Right. No, back in the day, you know, they've always been black agents and black managers and all that stuff like that, but typically... Back in the day, it would be black manager, black athlete, then white manager, white agent, white accountant, white lawyer, all of that stuff like that. By the way, if you go out and you have a connection with someone or you think they're awesome at their job and you want to hire them, that's your prerogative, it's whatever. But just to know that when we're talking about community building and culture building, that economically you can still enrich the black community with that type of economic engine, just based upon who you hire, we mm-hmm. talk about the guys like Rich Paul and uh, now you're going to have Tracy McGrady in them and, you know, even BJ Armstrong and gentlemen like that. Yeah. It's a really important step. And especially to have guys that understand the grind and the business of the NBA and really the ins and outs that, that it takes to be a a successful professional player like that yeah. with both of those guys I think that's very very powerful And I, kudos to those dudes man. yep
1: see I did see something today you did and I hadn't even seen that oh you had no I hadn't, it, no, I hadn't even seen that.
0: it was on a jump so you got a chance mm-hmm. to watch a jump
1: I saw like Brian was watching it I saw I happened to see that oh okay
0: Brian Brian watches sports
1: Brian's a big sports fan
0: is Brian a good athlete
1: let him tell it he was in basketball how about this Go ahead.
0: I will bust Brian's ass.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna let you do my man like that though. How, how,
0: <laughs> how, 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 how about this? Me and Brian. Brian's
1: one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. Now me what? and
0: Brian. Me and Brian, one to eleven, higher learning at the end of the year, special live higher learning, me versus Brian in basketball. I'm telling you right now, I don't I'm give a you- damn. I'm 6'4. I'm okay. telling you right now, I don't give a damn about any of this uh Colombian beauty uh model <laughs> shit. I'll bust Brian's ass. Tell Brian I said it. Brian tell you you love to play basketball? I'll bust his ass. I'll bust Brian's ass. When's man. the last
1: time you were on a basketball court? Last Saturday. Oh
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your husband, the ally of the world? <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Um, I don't really have an in-depth one, but I'm going to go with, so I'm you this week, right? Because normally I'm on point with my unexpected ally of the week. I'm going to say Major League Baseball. Two things Mm. that I saw. I saw a manager for the Giants, I believe, takes a Mm -hmm. knee during the anthem. Beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't really follow baseball, but I follow that. I thought that that was great. I thought I think it's setting a tone, opening day. Love to see it. And then I saw that, uh, was it the Red Sox that had a sign that said Black (gasps) Lives Matter? (laughs) Hilarious. It might have been the White Sox. It was was definitely
0: the Red Sox, (laughs) but it's hilarious coming from the Red Sox. I get it,
1: I get it, I get it. But love to see it. Right.
0: My unexpected ally of the week is former Skid Row lead singer Sebastian Bach. Okay, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Uh, when I was a kid. He screams his head off.
1: Aah! He's like screaming. Wait, that's what? how Sebastian
0: Bach used to sound. You don't remember Skid Row?
1: The name sounds for. I'm I'm trying to gather this. Yeah!
0: he'd scream his head off. Yeah, Sebastian Bach, and like he was like he used to. He was like a. Uh,
1: that's
0: how, that's what he would do when he would because it was other hair and metal bands and they would do different. But Sebastian Bach. Aah! That's that's Sebastian Bach. That's him. Like he could really sing now. Uh, oh Sebastian God. Bach challenged Trump supporters around uh, the, the world. Threw down a gauntlet. He tweeted that Trump supporters stand against rock and roll. He challenged anyone who loves rock and roll to not support President Trump and his divisive policies and Agendas for America. Shout That's out to ally. you, Sebastian Bach. Uh, you get rose cool, and now you're cool. You got some. You wore some questionable T-shirts back in the day, and they brought them back up on Twitter when you said what you said. Oh, but did they? It's people, a, grow. Yeah, they did, people, they did, uh, they, 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 they did. But, <laughs> but shout out to Sebastian Bach. That is enough for us.
1: Um, hashtag Tasteful Vixen. Uh Oh, real quick, real quick, real quick. I got a quick question for you. Who you got in the fight? Mike Tyson or Roy Jones? Jr.?
0: That's a great question. Uh I this is an exhibition fight. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh it was announced earlier today. Um, we'll hope I hope to have either Mike or Roy next week on the podcast. I've been trying kind of trying to talk to both really? guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, okay, they gotta if, do a whole bunch if of friends. Roy
1: on it. comes, we have to play the song. Y'all yeah, almost forgot. In.
0: Yeah, I can get Roy. You're like Roy, <laughs> like Here's the thing about getting Roy on the podcast. Here's the thing about the fight. If this fight is anywhere near full speed, Mike is going to kill Roy. (laughs) I'm going for Mike. If it's anywhere near full speed, Roy at his... Roy Jones Jr. at his peak was an unstoppable boxing killing machine. Offensively, maybe not the better fighter in the history of the sport. We ain't there no more. And Mike's still got a ton of power, all right? So to me, personally, I think if they go full speed, Mike going to kill Roy. What about you?
1: Yeah, I'm going for Mike Tyson. I, you know what? I ain't paid attention to Roy Jones Jr. since he came out with the I smoke, I drink. I drink, hey, hey, i, was I was supposed, supposed to stop, stop but, but I, I can't, can't. Hey. 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 Do it big,
0: then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> almost started. All right. What was his line? What was his rap?
0: Uh, Roy God said "Cause Roy, Gold said, Roy, Roy keep at least
1: six women up in bro, the bed Roy, Roy keep at
0: least six, six, women, six women up in the bed I, At one point in the song he actually said Cause Roy gets head I'm I like know. yo I'm like Roy Like relax dog Like what are you Like Roy He like, was done I was done
1: with him after that To the kids
0: Like Roy Body head You like, couldn't like,
1: think of anything else
0: but, but see the thing about that is what can he rap about though? He can't rap about like moving no dope or hurting nobody, and it's very no. corny. Because the first son, the first song he came out with was, by the way, Roy. Roy, that was a big hit for Roy, so I want to give Roy oh, his credit. We used
1: to strut to that all the time. That was the song.
0: Yeah, it was a big, was a big hit for Roy. But like, Roy couldn't. Roy came out, and the first song he had was "Y'all Must Have Forgot," and it was boxing related. But that's kind of corny, right? He's like, like, ha, how, right. drop Virgil Hill with a body shot, nigga." Don't care about that, like, like that's like, you know what I'm saying? So, like it, it, he came back and he can't rap about being a drug dealer or being on the streets or boxing. So he really only has to rap about women
1: and, and money like,
0: and money and and more and money and money.
1: So, uh,
0: hopefully, that little exchange didn't <laughs> yeah. ruin our chance of getting the Roy Jones <laughs> Jr. podcast. But we'll have to see. Anyway, I love the, the song. Warriors, it's a good song. song.
1: and it it goes and it goes towards our point about not respecting women
0: but keep going no I'm trying to end the podcast
1: I'm (laughs) Van Lathan I'm Rachel Lindsay
0: (laughs) we'll see y'all next week bye
1: what's up thought warriors if you want to continue the conversation from today's podcast make sure you join our facebook group it's brand new head to facebook.com slash group slash higher learning pod or search higher learning podcast on facebook to find it and if
0: you didn't know you can now watch every episode of higher learning directly on spotify and it is completely free